Hello, everybody. Locked on Nationals podcast, episode number 10. My name is Josh Neighbors. Joining me today, my good friend, former co-host of No Huddle, Tyler Kading. Tyler, how are we? Not bad, not bad. How about yourself? I am doing well. Any, is there anything else on your title that we need to add? Did I get it all right? Uh, well, yeah, co-host of No Huddle. Um, I also do the, I also the managing editor, manage, I cannot talk, geez. managing editor of full press coverage MLB, FPC underscore MLB on Twitter. Um, a lot of good stuff over there. So that's the other. Okay, so you you just made a trip to a major league baseball park. You were covering for KCOU at the University of Missouri. You got to go to um, like Minute Maid Park. Yes. Yes, Minute Maid, Houston, but, Texas, with the Shriners College for Children's College Classic. Baylor, Texas, uh, Oklahoma, LSU, Missouri, Arkansas. Um, pretty good weekend, all things considered, for the Big Twelve. And you you actually got to see a no hitter. Yeah, I mean it was a it was a really fun weekend. Now there's some really good games, a lot closer games than we expected. Um, the Big Twelve didn't did not go as I expected whatsoever. Um, let's put it that way. Baylor was the best team there. They won all three games. When realistically going into the weekend, they probably would have thought that they were possibly the worst team that was at this tournament. So it was a really unexpected weekend i guess you can say but it was no it was a ton of fun down there a ton of great baseball games yeah and you got to see some good players too anybody you think we might end up seeing uh in the big leagues here pretty soon or up in the draft i guess you could say um because you know what those teams you 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 know there's a lot of heavy hitters uh between all those teams we talked about yeah the one that i've been clamoring for is heston kirstad he's the outfielder for arkansas their star outfielder um right now he's 13 on the mlb top 100 he's going to be a top 10 pick um, Heston Kierstad is one of the most polished college hitters all around college. I mean, you have Spencer Torkelson is just unreal at Arizona State. But Kierstad might be number two in terms of all-around hitters in this draft. Um, outfielder from Arkansas, decent glove as well. He's the first one. I, I love Heston. Um, he was a big part of why I said Arkansas was the best team in the nation before they went and lost three games in Houston. <laughs> yep. um, so... May have been wrong about that, but not wrong about Heston. I don't think he's just great. Um, Ian Bedell from Missouri um, looks really good down there. Probably a reliever in the big leagues. I don't think he can really start at the next level, though he's trying it this year. Um, he's a guy to look out for. Um, the other one was um, Nick Lofton from Baylor. Um, he was he had a really really nice tournament down there on a Baylor team that went three and zero. Really nice shortstop, slick shortstop, but bat on ball really well. Um, has doesn't really have a ton of power, but other than that, he is pretty well developed in every other tool. He'll, he'll probably be the first of those guys to get to the big leagues, I would assume, um, because he's not. I don't really think there's much development left to go with Nick Lofton. So I think those are the three guys that I I went down there looking for. So any trash can banging? Not that I saw, unfortunately, because <laughs> that would have been re- that would have been really really fun. The Nationals had an off day today, so um, not a whole lot to get to there. We can we'll take some some news and notes um, later on in the show. I'm going to ask you about a couple things. But the big story is got to be Chris Sale, which what we're hearing from uh, spring training for them. You and I just talked about it. You know, earlier in the day, there was some talk about him having to, you know, I was listening to Buster Only's podcast earlier. There was discussion about him. It looked like he was on the track to getting Tommy John surgery. And then Ken Rosenthal later today says, look, that's not the case. What do you think is happening with Chris Sale? And when do you think we can expect to see him? I don't know because I, I was completely down the line of, oh, yeah, he's going to need Tommy John because realistically, if you read all the tea leaves, it was 
he got a second opinion, which is sent to Dr. James Andrews, which is the guy synonymous with, oh, your season's over if he's looking at your medicals. That's just pretty much, I mean, I want to say A-Rod was the same, but back in the day, A-Rod, when he got hurt, it was all Dr. James Andrews. So he's been that way forever. Um, they sent a third opinion beyond James Andrews, which that just seemed completely ominous. And then it comes out today with Rosenthal that he is not expected to go under, undergo Tommy John surgery. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but this is, just, I mean, this is just a weird situation. I mean, it's pretty safe to say he's not going to be ready for the beginning of the year, which I guess for that Red Sox team pretty much might be the nail in the coffin already because Chris Sale's arguably your best player left on that roster. So Verdugo is also probably going to be hurt to start the year and you don't have Sale, which is a massive, massive loss, but I have no clue when he's going to be back at this point. Apparently tomorrow we'll find out more. Yeah, and, and you you mentioned how it might be the nail in the coffin. I mean, you look at this rotation, and they lack depth. Uh, that, that seems to be an understatement. I mean, I like Nathan Evaldi. Obviously, the control is always an issue with him, and, and they have to get him more consistent. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez has not gone through stretches of time where, you know, he's not put it together for a full um, season, I guess you could say. And the rest of that rotation looks spent. And I think, like you said, in that division, that might be the nail in the coffin. I wouldn't be shocked. Honestly, I would not be shocked if um, they start Uvalde in the bullpen. Because he was really very valuable out of the bullpen. I know, obviously, during that World Series run. I'm not sure he's a seven-inning starter, dude. In But, I mean, who or, else do they have? I mean, you um, you have a uh, um, new GM who I believe is probably going to end up bringing the opener over. I mean, that's probably going to end up being the case. In my mind, that's probably going to end up being the case for the Red Sox. Especially one, if, say, if and when Sale gets back. Eovaldi is incredibly valuable out of a bullpen. I mean, this is the bullpen right now that's number two reliever is Heath Hembree, Matt Barnes. <laughs> like, you need you need someone in the bullpen if you want to be able to not give up eight runs a game in the final three innings. So it would not stun me if they do have Eovaldi, at least when, it, when push comes to shove towards the end of the year when you have an actual roster, if he's in the bullpen. I mean, you do have Tanner Houck, who's on an NRI with the Red Sox right now, who was, I mean, not horrible. Who I don't, I don't, I kind of like. I love Tanner Houck. He's a Missouri guy, but but damn, if you're having to rely on him, it's not looking yeah. good. There's not many guys, but I'm guessing you're going to see an opener. Um, they have they have a lot of relief pitchers. They just don't have many good ones, so you can get away with a bullpen game. Realistically, it wouldn't be the end of the world. But yeah, I mean, their pitching's awful. Yeah, it's not a good situation. Uh, other team in the division we got to talk about is the New York Yankees. Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, and look, this is going to be a storyline that we keep talking about. Baseball is just not a game meant for the big guys, is it? I mean, these two guys have a tough time staying healthy. Um, it's it's almost like Brian Cashman's never built a team with depth and has always relied on just having random players show up, and they always manage to do so. It's yeah. going to it's going to bite them at one point. I mean, this is this team is now going to rely on Mike Talkman and Giovanni Urshela to pit, to have key key at bats. If you hadn't heard of those guys at this point last year, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have blamed you. Like this team has, you look at it on paper, it has zero depth. Yet they just have guys that always come up and hit. It's weird. We think about those two guys. They, they've invested so much in those two. In specific, I mean, look, they invested a lot to get Giancarlo Stanton, but Aaron Judge is kind of the. I mean, he's the face of their franchise and the face of baseball, and he's at an age where he needs to be on the field. He's got to be on the field, and they cannot keep him on there. And, you know, we're thinking about – you think about guys that are MVP candidates and consistent MVP candidates. They're kind of 
I mean, Mike Trout, I think, is an exceptional case, but they're not built all the time like, you know, like a um, like an Aaron Judge, I guess you could say, who crossed the league, and the guys just aren't kind of built like that, and they don't hold up. It's just not a game where guys with those kind of physical builds hold up. And it's really so sad because realistically, you can make a case Aaron Judge is the second best player in baseball. I mean, he's one of the best defensive outfield, one of the best defensive players in the sport. He has all the hit tools in the world. The only thing he can't do is he's not blistering quick, which he's what, 6'8". I don't blame him for not being blistering quick. And he just can't stay on the field. And it, this Yankees team could be so much better than it is if they just had a competent training staff. And it kind of sucks. Yeah, it's, it is upsetting. Um, I know there is somebody that you would like to mention, and, and I'll, I'll get to this. You, you said the one thing that I want to mention in this, in this podcast, um, and I will turn it over to you, somebody that you believe could be contending for American League rookie, or not rookie of the year, but MVP. I saw him, National League, sorry, yeah. I saw him on the list for um, players who might be soft, go in their sophomore slumps, but please take it away. Keston Hira, um, do oh my god, I fell in love with Keston Hira back when he was at Double A a couple of years ago. I I said that at the time and I've stuck to it. Keston Hira has the best pros, best bat of anyone I've seen by a non-major league player since Mike Trout. He's the second best I've ever seen. Trout's number one. I I think that highly of this kid. Um, I mean you saw there was a home run he had today. I'm not sure if you've seen the clip. Um, it was going round. He barely put a swing on the ball put it, it had to be 475 feet over the batter's eye in Arizona. Like, it's, there's no reason that this, that he should be have the type of game power, raw power, combined with hitting for a 300 average, getting 300, he has 368 OBP last year. So he has an eye, too. He's able to draw a ton of walks, doesn't strike, I mean, he strikes out more than you'd like, which is the one thing with him, but has a ton of power, ability to drive it to all sides of the field, ability to get just the base hit, quick incredibly quick bat that really hasn't even filled in yet if he played a full season last year he was going to probably be a four four five war player in his rookie year there's the ceiling is way too high for this guy i would i legitimately think we look back four three years from now and keston hira is probably the second best god you you you're buying all of his stock you better hope this thing pans out yes i know but i've had i've Put my hat in this ring since 2018. I'm not like probably yeah. Since, since I think since he was at AA, I'm not pulling out of it now. I it, he's too good not to succeed. Um, a couple Nationals things. I'll get you out of here. So number one, you know, it's I can't remember a time where a defending World Series champion was not this talked about. I heard Buster only say this the other day, and I couldn't agree more. Nobody is talking about the Washington Nationals, and nor should they be, obviously. I mean, the Astros have been a big story, and Aaron Judge being injured, and Mookie Betts being traded. You know, there's a lot going on right now. But, man, the Nationals are just, they're passing the cabbage along, you know, at a, I'm not sure if you saw the clip, but they're passing cabbages along on National Cabbage Day at spring training. They seem to be enjoying themselves. You know, obviously, there's a whole lot of uh, noise going around, but today I just saw them, they, they were reading mean tweets today. Um, they're just kind of going around. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, they just business as usual, right? I mean, it's it just seems like it's a, just another season, and they're ready to compete in a, a really stacked division, and the pressure is on everybody except for them. And I think that could be really to their benefit. 
I think here's the other thing is when's the last time a defending champion was in some people's eyes the fourth best team in their own division? I mean, that's the other. That division is very, very good. And the Nationals lost one of the best players in baseball. So the expectation shouldn't be for them World Series or bust because this team is not a World Series or bust roster at this point. I don't think so. I think there's a lot of good things and a lot of things to take away. This team could be very, very good. I'm not sure they're I do say, oh, we need to defend the title. They're not one of the best teams in the National League, at least not in my eyes right now. Yeah, and and, and they don't and they don't act like it either. I, I think it's big they, because they don't act like that either. But I just think the way it's being treated, like I, I think they're in a really good spot to succeed. Now, and I've been saying I've I'm super worried about replacing Rendon, and I think people should be. It's all gonna fall on the shoulders of Juan Soto. But I, I think from a mental standpoint, I've I am super comfortable with where the Washington Nationals are. I think the pressure is on every other team in the division except the Marlins to make something happen because the Braves have pressure with their roster, the Phillies have pressure with their roster, and the Mets have pressure with their roster. The Nationals don't have that kind of pressure. It's, I mean, realistically, it's of no fault of their own. It doesn't matter to them whether the media is going to be talking about them or not, which, yeah, they're not going to be because what's the big storyline coming out of Nationals camp right now? There really isn't one. Yeah, okay, it's how are we going to replace Anthony Rendon? It's probably a good thing that people aren't talking about it. So the story isn't, well, how are we going to replace Anthony Rendon? It's really the status quo. Yeah, no, and they got to figure out third base, and Carter Keeban was going to get every opportunity, like Dave Martinez says, and, and we'll see. Um, I want to get you. I want to get a prediction from you right now. Um, this is probably the, the last time I'll have you on before the season starts. Uh, a prediction for where the Nationals finish do you think they finish fourth in the division? Um, I don't think so. I think they'll definitely be there for a wild card spot at the end of it. I here's the thing is I think there's eleven NL eleven NL teams that are be fighting for the playoff until the very end. I really I think that highly of this of wow. the NL. I this this league is so compact. There are so many. Realistically, I think the only four teams that are going to be completely out of it by September are the Marlins, Pirates, Rockies, and um, Giants. I think all the other teams you can say. You could have a stance of, okay, this team can make the playoffs. Because it's there's there's only the Dodgers that are pulled away. All the other teams seem to be like on a similar pedestal. If I had to bet right now, I think they come in third in the division. Um, but even still, third in the division, you're probably looking at a couple games for a wild card spot, if not in the wild card spot. So it I mean it's gonna come down to the last couple games. And I don't know who the Nats play at the very end of the season off the top of my head. But those last couple of six, seven games are going to be incredibly important for every team in the National League, especially them. All right, Tyler, where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me personally at BearCubs712 on Twitter. Um, you can follow Full Press at FPC underscore MLB. A lot of great stuff over there. Previewing all 30 teams in 30 days. So Nats, because they were actually good last year, going to be er, going to be a couple weeks from now, I believe. Um, leading up until the beginning of the season. So a lot of great stuff. It's at FPC underscore MLB on Twitter. Um, go over there for full press coverage MLB. All right, Tyler. Thank you for your time, man. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me.